You're listening to KALX Berkeley, 90.7 FM, University of California and listener-supported radio. And this is Method to the Madness coming at you from the Public Affairs Department here at CalX, celebrating the innovative spirit of the Bay Area. I'm your host, Ali Nazar. And today with me, I have Sean Tai on the phone. He's the Executive Director of Oakland Digital. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Pretty good. Really appreciate you joining us today. And oh, man, I'm happy to be here, man, and spread the knowledge, sp- spread that inspiration. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, great. Um, so I always start this um, program with the same question because you are a founder of an organization, and founders usually come to the decision to put so much energy into something like um, you know, starting an organization and dedicating their blood, sweat, and tears to it because they see a problem in the world. And yeah. so tell us, what, what is the problem statement that Oakland Digital is trying to solve? Communities of color, specifically community college students, lack the same opportunities afforded to privileged communities. Um, And we focus specifically on artists of color, predominantly women of color, that are looking to break into a design career. Uh, And our problem really stemmed from, honestly, my own story of not quite the community college level, but the state level, uh, Cal State East Bay, which I love. But, you know, teachers are doing a great job. Um, they're teaching, teaching software. But they don't have the resources and, to be honest, the time to be like, yo, check this out. Here's what they do at Twitter. Here's what they do at Facebook. Here's what they do at the local agency level. And that's what Oakland Digital does is we take those students and get their foot in the door of not just tech, but business, nonprofits, and some really cool creative agencies. Cool. Okay. So you, you alluded to a little bit about um, your background and how you got to this. Can you tell us a little bit about you and where you come from? Man, well, I come from the Bay Area, man. And, and you know, as anyone listening knows, the Bay is super real, authentic, dope, to be honest. It's like just real. And I've always wanted to do something real with my life. Um, you know, my dad passed away when I was two months old, and so I was raised by a single mother very small family, um, born and raised by an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur of color, you know, and and that was just the ultimate inspiration uh, from a a work ethic standpoint of seeing my mom work seven days a week uh, in Oakland, uh, running a furniture design studio, and um, just seeing that work ethic of not just her going to work and showing up early, but coming back home and cooking for me and my brother, and... Um, then after she cooked dinner, uh, sketching till 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and faxing those designs to a factory in Hong Kong to just create some dope furniture, create things. And I, that, that mix of creativity, that mix of hard work uh, really passed on to me, uh, and that's what gave me that spirit of not just creating but doing something with meaning and purpose. And in my mom's case, it was making her customers happy um, with some great furniture. For me, it was how do I give back to community with things that I love, creativity, technology, community, social good, social impact. So really, my mom gets full kudos and credit for being my inspiration. Nice. She sounds like an amazing woman. So um, she, she, put you, she put that idea into your brain and that spirit into you. Um, mm. But what about your training? Like, did you did you go have another job or career before starting Oakland Digital? 
Yeah, man, I, dude, I'm, I'm glad you asked, and I know you were talking offline about music and how powerful music is. Uh, in 2006, uh, my partner, Ray Love, who's actually a Bay Area rap legend, uh, grew up in Mac Mall, um, helped write some Tupac's music. Uh, we got together and created a YouTube channel when it wasn't hot. Like, YouTube was cool in 2006, but it wasn't what, what it is now with people getting billions of hits. Uh, we created a show called Pushing the Bay TV where we chronicled the uh, Bay Area hip-hop and rap history. So interviewing people from Shot G to Drew Down, Spice One, Too Short, E-40, uh, Jack, a rest in peace, and all these Bay Area rap legends who did not have an online presence, right? But we were kind of the first to say, hey, why don't we do this and celebrate the beautiful rap history in the Bay? Uh, and so Ray Love and I, we just go around, uh, interview people. We went down to L.A., uh, East Coast. And what I found was how powerful technology was, specifically the, the YouTube platform. So in one year... Uh, we received around 14 million views. And for that time, that was groundbreaking and ground-shattering. And what I found from talking to the young people was how influenced they were by these videos. But what I learned about the game were some of the things that were, I don't want to say negative, but definitely not things I wanted to promote. And uh, so after a year of success, and things were going up, I actually decided to give it up and, and to cancel uh, because I wanted to do something for social good. And not that it wasn't powerful, not that it wasn't getting impressions, but I thought, how do we use tech for good? So that very simple core of tech for good is what kind of birthed the uh, Oakland digital spirit of tech for good. And then, of course, myself being a designer and cr a creative, creative tech for good, right? And so those concepts birth the idea of how do we help artists become professionals. Just like that young 13-year-old watching that YouTube video, how do I not just consume this technology but create something cool too and then take those skills to get a career? And uh, that's kind of the birth of OD, Oakland Digital. Wow, man. That's such a powerful story. Uh, thank you for sharing it. We're speaking to Sean Ty. He's the Executive Director of Oakland Digital here on Method of Madness on KLX Berkeley. And, you know, not a lot of people would have the, um, the guts to leave a burgeoning career like that and yeah. take a left turn and follow their passion. So that's uh, definitely commendable. And um, I'd love to hear about after you got to that point of understanding yeah. that, okay, I want to do something for social good, creative tech yeah. for good. Um, how did you then formulate the idea of how Oakland Digital would actually be an organization pursuing that goal? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. I mean, I, I did kind of gloss over a few details. Like, one of the biggest uh, things that I learned while doing Pushing the Bay TV was there was an event at Stanford. Uh, I know you guys were rivals, but Stanford, shout mm -hmm. out to uh, I met MC Hammer, Chameleon Air, and Mr. Fab, and Quincy Jones III um, with Ray Love and Mac Mall, uh, their friends. Everyone, everyone in the rap industry are friends. So, uh, and when I met uh, MC Hammer, uh, that day, he was introducing this crazy idea called Twitter. This is 2006, 2007. And it was this thing that in 140 characters, you could write about what you're doing. And the whole crowd was confused because here are effectively three rappers 
um, that are using this thing called Twitter. And in the crowd, I think very few people were. And that's when I learned like, yo, tech doesn't have to be disseminated by the top down. It can be actually by the community up. And after that day, I actually, that same day, I went to the MC Hammer. I'm like, yo, um, you know, I'm here with Ray Love and Mac Mall, who you know. Uh, much respect. I, I love everything from your music career, but also your entrepreneurship. How do I get in touch? You know, because he's like, I love Oakland. I love the A's. I love technology. And I tweeted him that night. Ironically, I tweeted him. And from that year exchange back and forth, uh, we became friends. And he's still an advisor to Oakland Digital this day. So between finding mentors, advisors early on, um, to finding people that believed in the vision, board of directors, co-founders, people that just believe in what you're doing. Um, and then, of course, here's the big thing, legal. So after MC Hammer is like, yo, I'm, I'm with that idea of tech for good, um, I was walking down, and this is a true story, I was walking down Broadway, and I see City Hall in Oakland. And I literally said, I'm just going to walk into City Hall and find out how to start a nonprofit. And I remember going up inside, checking in with the security guard, going up to the ninth floor, I believe, and I met with this lady named Kathy Littles. I don't know if she's still around, but shout out to Kathy Littles. And, she, and I said, I want to start a nonprofit that's tech for good. She's like, what is tech? Like, she literally said, what is tech? Because you have to remember, at this time, 08, right, tech didn't exist in Oakland the way it does now. That's 10 years ago. Um, so no one even understood the word tech. And I said, well, you know, it's like, these companies like Google and Facebook and like, how do we use that for good? She's like, oh, okay, well, here's a stack of contacts, literally probably 10 pieces of paper front to back of like nonprofit people. Contact all of them and get back to me. And literally I looked at it like, yo, this is crazy. And I asked, well, how do I get paid? She laughed. She said, nonprofits, you're like, you got to fundraise. And I was like, how often? She laughed again. She said, you got to fundraise every day every week. <laughs> and I just didn't get the concept coming from a for-profit background. And so I literally took that piece of paper, those pieces, that stack of papers, but I found one piece of paper where I started. And I just called everyone. I just called everyone. Some had phone numbers, some had emails, and then I, I finally emailed one person. Um, she's an artist. She's the only person that got back to me from probably a week of phone calls and emails. And she said, uh, I have an art nonprofit. Now it's defunct, but a guy named Don Tamaki, who is like the, I think she used the term, godfather of Asian law. Uh, he helped us get started, but he's too big for you, Sean. Like, he won't, re he won't get back to you. I remember calling, cold calling this law firm, Manami Tamaki LLP. Shout out to them. They're still, they're still in the SF. And um, the perceptions picked up, and I said, hey, I'm Sean. I'm just doing a cold call. Uh, can I talk to Don Tamaki? Just like, you know, wide-eyed, didn't know what the hell I was doing. He picks up, uh, he didn't pick up, but an assistant picked up and said, okay, uh, I just shared that um, you want to start this nonprofit. Uh, he said, come in. And this date and that right. time, and I go in. Yeah, I go in. I think I'm wearing jeans and, like, a shirt. And I pitched this, and there's, like, two gentlemen next to him who I found out later is his son and his son's friend who go to Cal, by the way. They were interning right. with him for the summer. I do this pitch about tech for good, completely vague. Like, I don't even, it was so bad. Like, I don't think, it, I don't even know what it was, but it was really bad. But he saw that passion of, like, helping people with tech for good and, and with design and just kind of taking everything that I cared about and presenting that, right? And at the end, he's like, Shauna, I'm, I'm going to help you. 
get incorporated, get your bylaws, build your board, and uh, I'm going to put my son on this project. So really that combination of passion, that combination of timing, there's a huge one for your listeners. Like things have a time period and time relevance. You know what I'm saying? So like you can't come out now and start the next Snapchat. You gotta, that's, that's already over, right? So timing-wise, Oakland was not hit with tech yet. Timing-wise, Don Tamaki had his son interning, right? So all of these things kind of, timing-wise, MC Hammer's talking about Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Like all of these things kind of just were, were like just a storm of positivity and just relentlessness to do something very positive for the community, right? And so after that, he helped uh, us get, get us incorporated. We got incorporated July uh, of 2009. And yo, uh, now we're, uh, you know, downtown Oakland, and we have benches, billboards, bus ads, helped almost 5,000 people to date, uh, and we're just doing big things. That's awesome. Well, it's a great story, and I think a really great example of uh, we, there is a serendipity to the formation of an organization right. like this. There's the timing, but there's also the passion. You know, those are the passion is bubbling up from things that have happened in your life. There are other things that have, that depend upon timing. And so, right. we're speaking with Sean Ty today. He's the executive director of Oakland Digital uh, on Methods of Madness here on KALX Berkeley. Um, so, July 2009 was sitting here in 2018. It's been almost 10 years. Oh so, tell just tell tell me about that journey. So you, you got some momentum there. You got your organization yeah. set up. But it's a very kind of, it's not a clear um, you know, product or service yet. So how did you get right. to where you are today with all those you know, numbers you just quoted, 5,000 people helped? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm so glad that you said that there's no clear purpose yet. And I think what's wrong now is that there's almost an abundance of resources. You know, mm -hmm. Speaking about UX and UI, you can download a mobile UI kit and build a startup right now, right? But I think what's mm -hmm. so dope about that time is there was so much exploration to be done, right? There weren't solutions. There were mm -hmm. questions. Think about that. There were questions, not solutions at that time. And, and the fact that people believed in the, the vision at that time says something. So we have no product. And I, and I talked to one of my advisors at the time. He was only like 19 or 20, but he had worked at, like HP and AOL at 14 years old. He's it's, it's genius dude. And he's like, his name is Jordan. He's, and I was like, it's like Jordan, um, yeah, we're a nonprofit now. Well, what should we start doing? He's like, Sean, let's just, what are you doing today? I'm like, um, nothing. So let's go downtown. <laughs> let's pick one block in Oakland. I think it was 14th Street in Oakland. And let's just go to every single small business there and ask them what do they need with design and marketing. Right? So I remember going to our first um, business, a small business owned by a black woman. And she's, she's like, oh, my God, like, I was praying to God, like, literally, that someone would come and help me. It's like, I can't find my phone line. Out of everything in the world, right, I can't find my phone line. And we, and you guys are a gift from God, huh? Not no, no, no I mean, but, like, she just was like, <laughs> you, know, you know how it is. You're sitting there every day. No one comes through the doors. It's desperation, yeah. right? And yeah. so we did that, and, and we're like, how do people find you? She's like, Yelp. I mean, dead serious, like Yelp. And so we literally claimed her business on Yelp. We hooked that up, took photos of her studio, helped clean up the room, and that was our first client. And then word of mouth, just going to businesses, uh, talking to students. So really between helping these small businesses, predominantly women-owned businesses, just like my mom, and then helping local students, Laney College, we're like, great, we're helping these two different groups of people 
But how do we connect them? Right? Get those young people skills. Build up their resume, their portfolios. And it's not just pairing them with nonprofits and businesses, but solving problems. Right? So what we ended up doing was start building out programs. One's called Inspire Oakland, where we go to community colleges and state-level colleges, and we say, do you want your artwork on a billboard? The whole room says yes. Right? We're getting inspired to have a professional career. Because right? at school, you're like, okay, I know Photoshop. I know Illustrator. But how do you apply that to anything real? So we effectively, with Inspire Oakland, are the clients for these students. And they're designing billboards for us to spec. So literally, commercial spec billboards, bleeds, um, color, uh, visual hierarchy, uh, following a creative brief, going through multiple revisions, iterations of, of designs. And that's what gets the students really, really excited about their careers. We only pick six winners, and those are the winners you see up all over Oakland right now, uh, buses, benches, and billboards. But their question that we ask all of the students is, do you want to be an apprentice at Oakland Digital? So once the billboard competition uh, ends, all the billboards go up, we select from around 70 to 80 students a cohort of 10 to 12 apprentices. And those are, those are the students that, you know, once they get through Oakland Digital, they're ready for hire. So nice. that's what we're doing right now. We have 10 apprentices um, learning UX, and these are raw artists that are super talented with pencil and pen, but not so much the digital space, right? So the reason we pick the tech space as kind of the, the format and the learning environment is that those are the highest paying jobs. Now here's mm -hmm. the thing, brother. We're not telling them to get tech jobs. In fact, I'm very proud that a lot of them don't want to get tech jobs. However, the mindset of design thinking, the mindset of design sprints, the, the mindset of creating products, of launching things, notice as a things, mm -hmm. not things, um, those are the same things that you, the same teams you need to be successful in the nonprofit world, opening a small business. So I was so proud when we were at eBay. We were at eBay with their UX designers. And we have super exclusive events. We were Twitter, Salesforce, Google, Google.org every Wednesday. Um, they're in the tech world, and, they, and these professionals ask, so what do you want to do after this apprenticeship? And I'm so happy to say 80% like, do my own thing, help our community. And that's the answer I want, right? So we're using tech as an educational platform, as a learning platform, to get those skills to game up, to level up. But the goal for us is how do we get back to our communities? Tech for good. Mm. Oakland Digital. Mm. Holler. Yeah, wow. So, so much going on there, what you just said. And um, really impressive how it's come from that, you know, where you founded it with passion, with not necessarily the concrete of what the programs are going to be, and now you sure. have so many different programs. I have a couple questions about those. So one is, um, in a cohort of, we said 70 or so students, and they're going to be yep. on, on billboards and whatnot, where's the funding sources coming for the nonprofit yeah. right now? Is it all through, are you the earned income from you guys selling services? Yeah, and I actually want to touch upon that for anyone listening, you know, what I hear from students a lot is, I want a work-life balance. That's one. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is, I want to start my own business. And my, my honest answer is, if you want a work-life balance, do not start your own company. So I want to make yeah, that very yep. clear. If you want a work-life balance, do not start your own company. 
work for someone, go there, go there at 10, go home at 5. You know what? Props to anyone that wants to do that. But just don't get it twisted that you can do both. Um, I think you need to make that decision early on in your career, not later. Uh, if you are, and if you, how, how do you feel about that, brother? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, you can't have everything. So they're all right. good things, but not all. Some of them are mutually exclusive. That's what you're saying. I, I absolutely. And, and so I'll start there. And, and I will say that for the four, first three, four years at Oakland Digital, I received zero dollars. So I had a six-month gig at Facebook. I had um, a five-year gig doing marketing for the former chief scientist at Amazon. Shout out to Andreas Weigand, who teaches at Berkeley. Um, so I had all these part-time jobs to, to pay the bills, but I realized that if I don't give up everything for one, I can't, I'll be good at a few things, terrible at most of them, and not really great at one, right? So I found that what's the one that I would call my baby? And I was like, that's OD, Oakland Digital. So what, what happened was I dumped everything, kept OD, and that next year, which is 2015, um, Google funded us. So to your point, uh, Google.org funded Oakland Digital because they saw us as one of the only groups in the Bay Area really using tech and creativity to empower overlooked talent, specifically, specifically communities of color. Uh, and I was really proud that Google saw that vision. So when we got that three-year grant from Google.org, shout out to Justin, Adrian, Mob, and Chelsea, um, they saw that we were talented, we were raw, we were grassroots, we were making an impact, but we just needed some funding to make big things happen. So the question that we were addressing that they wanted to fund, the solution, was bridgegood.com. It's a platform called BridgeGood that connects talent to amazing opportunities. So right now, if you're an artist, you don't have an online portfolio, you go to bridgegood.com, you sign up. Uh, by the way, we don't sell your data. We're not making profit. It's a completely not-for-profit platform. Uh, you can sign up, get a free portfolio. You can attend VIP events, including working out of Google every Wednesday, going to cool places like LinkedIn, design studios, uh, even small businesses. Um, and that's the way that we wanted to scale Oakland Digital uh, in a very organic way because everything that you sign up for will be there. Uh, and we'll also introduce you to some key connects. So... Uh, that's our biggest funding partner is Google.org, but I would say the majority of our funding in terms of year-round is just ordinary people. Like, yo, I just saw your bus ad. I think it's dope. Um, how do I make it contributions? Like 50 bucks, 100 bucks. But uh, another thing I'll say is if you're trying to start a nonprofit to make a living or get money, I, I would also say don't do that. Um, it's not necessarily rewarding financially, uh, and I would say do it because you actually care about that the mission, the impact. Um, the nonprofit road is equally as cutthroat as the business road. You know, everyone's mm -hmm. fighting over the same funding. And, you know, I just happen to be very lucky to have an amazing team around me um, that really cares deeply about the art community, but also about successful uh, designers and, and, and really getting involved in the tech road in a meaningful way. And when I say successful designers, I mean making money from doing something you love, right? Like we all say that, we all hear it, but it is possible, but you do need to feel uncomfortable in the way, in the sense that you might hate tech. And in the Bay, a lot of people do, but you still need to understand it, explore it, and break it down, right? You don't want to just be ignorant towards it. You want to actually understand it 
and see what makes it tick. Because we can take those same concepts and make nonprofits blow up. And I think that Oakland Digital is one of those examples of, you know, how do we use tech for good and utilize those resources, not just money, but talent too. We have a lot of volunteers in the tech world uh, and give back to the community in, in real, deep, meaningful ways. Well, so um, that's awesome that you guys uh, had uh, Google as a benefactor, and I'm sure not just the money they gave you, but the do other doors that are opened uh, are, are plentiful. We're speaking with Sean Tai, the founder and executive director of Oakland Digital, right here in Message of the Madison, KLX Berkeley. Um, so give us a little bit of a taste of what is the scope of it now. Like you went on this journey, journey, it sounds like almost 10 years ago. Um, yeah. What is, like how many employees, how many yeah. students have you had? Like give me some of the breadth of this thing. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, one of the things that I learned about the nonprofit world, I, I sit on the, um, the grants panel for the cultural arts program, and we just distribute money to artists, and we distribute money to nonprofits last year, so I've been doing it two years in a row for the city of Oakland. And I've been noticing how much nonprofits are struggling. You know, a lot of the nonprofits um, ha were in debt. Um, and what I noticed was nonprofits are paying staff full salaries because they should get paid full salaries. However, it's hurting their, like, hurting their impact, right? Mm -hmm. And let me give you an example. Like, those four years that we were figuring out what we're doing and making an impact, like, I don't think I deserved pay at that time because I was still learning, right? And I think that it's keeping that lean, agile methodology of how do you run as lean as possible with as much impact as possible. And I, I feel that the nonprofit world needs kind of a shakeup to think that way because if nonprofits are just, quite honestly, fundraising to pay staff, that doesn't equate to community impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't have the answer other than what I said earlier about how do we take some of the things that startups do, right, contractors and, and paying people per project, compensating them what they're worth, but maybe on a contractor project basis to get goals accomplished, right, and build some cool products, launch some cool things the same way a startup would do in the tech room. And um, that, to me, I think that the mindset, the growth mindset is what the nonprofit world may be lacking right now. But I do see things improving. I do see nonprofits um, using design thinking uh, uh, methodologies and design sprints uh, and, and things that we in the tech world normally do to launch cool stuff. Um, one example is on BridgeGood, we actually give our students the experience of working with engineers and becoming UX designers by working on the platform itself. They gain because they don't have to spend $15,000 for a boot camp, uh, and they have a portfolio piece that's actually tangible. So that's a way where both sides can win, right? The student can gain experience, build a cool platform, but at the same time they can build their own career and impact the community. So long story short, I think the nonprofit world just needs to rethink how they spend money, um, rethink, here's a good example, when we as nonprofits apply for a government grant, which we don't even do that, you're tied in. So let's say you get a million-dollar grant. Sometimes you'll be doing more work than that million dollars in terms of you'll run out of money. And I've seen nonprofits go under that way. So how do we just rethink nonprofits? How do we rethink and reimagine the way nonprofits run uh, grants, grant cycles? You're applying for a grant a year in advance. I don't know about you, brother, but every month for us changes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, how can you apply yeah, a year I mean, in advance? And 
these are the things that I, the Belt and Mount Parkroad have is confused me. Like, I don't understand why they do things the way they're doing for 100 years when society's changed. Yeah, I think you're right on, you're right on to something there. I, I participate in the nonprofit world as well, and that's why I'd ask the question around earned income um, because I do right. think that's ultimately what gets you sustainability as an organization right. is you don't have to rely on anybody else. And, right. You know, there are, but you guys are in an interesting position because you do have a product or a service you can provide. Sure. Um, but, you know, monetizing that is a different question. So it's a very challenging, I think, question and one that I think many people are trying to answer right now. Right. And so, the, you know, kind of the impact that we've generated from BridgeGood is we have a calculation of how, how do students get a job in design and or tech. And we boiled it down to these three things. Education, whether it's a BA or an AA, to some sort of apprenticeship or internship and then help with their resume or portfolio. Portfolio is like 90% of getting a job in design. So we, we, we figure if we can help a student build all four of those, it's a 90% likelihood that they'll get employed in some entry-level design position. Mm -hmm. So what is the impact of that, right? Uh, times, right now we have 5,000 units on BridgeGood. And we calculated roughly 300 have obtained some type of entry-level work. That times between 20 and 30,000, that's a lot of impact. But now to That's your amazing. point about, yeah, no, and it's super dope. It's super dope when uh, we just did a study of going back seven years on LinkedIn of all the students that have been through our program. We have people get jobs at Yahoo, uh, uh, Apple, YouTube, uh, local nonprofits, which I was super happy to see. Um, and that's really the impact. There's no quick solve. I mean, think about your career, right? You're like, I've been in this for eight years. Like you and I, we're kind of a rare breed where I think people growing up now, they just expect jobs right away. If there's one thing that I've learned, there's no free handouts. You've got to pay your dues. Mm -hmm. um, and I well, feel Sean, like... I, I, go, sorry, go yeah. ahead. And I just feel like that's what we've got to get uh, organizations to understand, like be committed, stay committed, and keep doing things for good. Yeah, and I think following your passion, which you've certainly done, and Oakland Digital is uh, a great asset to the community. Um, we have about a minute left. I always like to close yeah. um, organizational founders like you with the same question. Yeah. If everything went perfectly for Oakland Digital over the next five years, yeah. where would it be? Yeah, where would it be? We'd have a 15,000 square foot building uh, with the ground space leased out for some revenue. Then we would have a designer residence program where we could facilitate and make sure that the artists going through our program would actually be employed. 100%. So 100% success rate um, and really seeing the whole Bay Area respect artistry and creativity um, and also also be the mecca of nonprofits for the rest of the world. So people are like, yo, the Bay Area has the best nonprofits. Bridgegood, Oakland Digital, Holland. Nice, nice. I, I'm so behind that. It's very interesting also that you added real estate to that vision because I think, you know, with the housing Gotta costs where they are, Nonprofits have to own a piece of the land or else they're not going to be able to survive. So I think it's a great thing. Telling you, brother. Hey, you know, and I appreciate what you're doing because a lot of people behind the scenes do not get that credit. So thank you for what you're doing for the community. Let's keep it pushing and let's inspire the Bay Area together, man. Let's do it. Thanks, Sean. We, you've been listening to Sean Ty, the Executive Director of Oakland Digital. To learn more about them, you can go to oaklanddigital.org. Any other ways to contact you, Sean? Bridgegood.com. Uh, if you want to get a free portfolio and kick it, we can hang out. Let's do it. 
Cool. Okay, so that's how you get a hold of Sean. This is the Method yep. to the Madness on KALX Berkeley, 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Ali Nazar. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great Friday. Peace.